What's going on, party people of the internet? Or apakabar? Selamat pagi to all my Indo homies. It's your boy Freezy back at it again with another episode of Fresh Out the Bay, aka the Fobcast Podcast. And as usual, next to me I have my co-host Ari Promono, and along with our special guest here tonight, let's all give it up for Indaguna One. Still need a soundboard because I need like a little applause thing. But anyway, a little background for those of you who aren't familiar with Inda. Um, so born and raised in Jakarta, Inda grew up as a third culture kid, having only known Indonesia through an international student lens because she attended an international school, um, Jakarta International School to be uh, specific. Following her graduation, though. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so following her graduation, she actually moved here to California to Los Angeles, where she earned her uh, bachelor's degrees from Loyola Marymount University and then came back to Jakarta with not just her diploma, but an idea for a book. Planned for release in summer 2021, her book aims to explore what it's like to be an international international student in the Anglosphere and the complexities of the international slash intercultural identity. And with that being said, welcome to the show, Inda. How are you, how are you feeling? How's it going? Thank you. I'm doing good. A little nervous. I'm like, don't fuck this up, Inda. But <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, yeah. No, you're completely fine. I mean, it's like the tenth episode of the show, and honestly, we fucked up so many times on the show. I can't even tell you. So speak for yourself. Okay, I've <laughs> I've fucked up a few times on the show, <laughs> but it's all good. No need to be nervous. No need to be nervous. I see a lo- uh, some of your friends are already in the chat, uh, fucking it up. Yeah. Someone's <laughs> asking if you have an OnlyFans. <laughs> For those wondering, no, I do not have an OnlyFans. Yeah. Probably look like yeah. I do, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got an OnlyFans. Do you really? So, would you like no, to drop, I... You can drop the link in the chat, by the way. Yeah, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure yeah, the audience would love to know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm sure you, you'll be able to get some like extra subscribers out of that, yeah. <laughs> so just to kind of get the conversation started. So for those of you who don't know, um, so me and, me and, me and Promono, oh my God. Me... <laughs> Me and Ari are actually both um, Indonesian ethnically, and so is Inda, which makes this the first episode where the entire cast and crew um, is actually all Indonesian. So, hala, the Indo homies, you feel me? So, we felt like it would be somewhat relevant if we kind of started the show with an icebreaker um, by asking, what is your favorite Indo food? Would anyone like to go first? And for those of you who are in the chat, feel free to say hi. And if you have like an Indo food that you love, let us know what it is. But Inda, what's yours? Oh my gosh, honestly, I'm like torn between rendang and in terms of like a dish. And then when it comes to street snacks, oh my gosh, like don't fight me on this one. Pisang goreng. Oh, okay. I mean, they're all bangers. They're all bangers. Yeah, rendang is actually good as fuck. I think I kind of not forgot about it, but I haven't thought about it in a while, actually. Now my mouth is like watering. What about you, Ari? What's yours? (laughs) That is a good question. I was gonna say like opar I am, but I okay. think I have to go at like sate kambing. I have to. Ooh. I have to. Like I will. I will go to like sate house. I will go to like whatever and eat two orders by myself. Damn, you know? like three orders by myself. <laughs> Homeboy be hungry. Damn, and... girl, you got a lot of fans, huh? <laughs> In the chat. <laughs> I don't even. I'm not even looking at the comments right now. I'm like, I don't know what they're saying. I'm like, oh. Okay, so <laughs> your your friend. Uh, I don't know if I should say Trisha or Trisha, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dia dia bilang Mbak punya OnlyFans enggak? <laughs> yeah, no, I do not have an OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah, kok bukan not... sari roti? Oh, sari roti is good too. I don't know. Oh my god. <laughs> you, I don't know if you guys were around like I mean Ari and like I know you never like really lived here but like Breezy like back when you were younger like have you ever seen like those um 
uh, they go around like, you know, like kind of like ice cream trucks. Like they go around mm-hmm. your neighborhood, but it's like ice cream, it's like bread. And then it yeah. goes like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I used to get the the chocolate one also when I was a kid. Um, oh, I can't remember what I got. <laughs> <laughs> no, mine. I feel like so. Uh, my mom can definitely. <laughs> she said SMH sombong. <laughs> so um, when I was a well, not when I was a kid, but like whenever I would go back, I would always tell my parents like, "Yo, when I'm at the airport, you have to be ready with some martabak." When I get home, I don't know why. So, like, I was, like, a fat ass when I was a kid. I mean, I kind of still am now, but I was, like, mad chubby when I was a kid. And, like, I would, whenever I go back to Jakarta, I would eat fucking, uh, what's it called? Marta, uh, chocolate keju, yeah? You know, the Marta box. Every fucking day, whenever I could. We would get, like, several different, like, several boxes of it. But, like, I would eat it all by myself and shit. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. My friend told me that, like, you should have martabak manis alongside with martabak telur. It, like, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both are really good. Yeah. I just she said I, it's like no, no, no. It like balances out or something. I don't know. I suppose so. Mm, I suppose so. I kind of eat it separately. I think my dad likes the the egg one better than like the usual one, but I kind of prefer the the chocolate and cheese one just because it's like I don't know. I don't know. It's like a banger for me. Every time I eat martabak, it's like I feel so guilty because you don't. I and I hate that you don't really know how much calories are in that, but like you know that. <laughs> You don't don't worry about it, girl. I just <laughs> Cal- calories are just a social construct. <laughs> I like that. I, like that. I got a follow up question. I got a follow up question. <laughs> does the bottle does it hit different between the the glass bottle and the carton? Yes, it does. It I, I don't know what it is, but there's something about getting it on the side of the street, and I would be like eating like. Um, apa ya? Like sate padang, pakai lontong, and then like they have like these crates, not even like coolers, right? They're just like plastic crates full of like that bottle, and then like you would have like these straws, and like you, you don't even know if it's like clean and shit. I don't really know, cause like, cause like, cause honestly, the streets, like if you've never been to Jakarta, like when you get like street food, like the street, like the street food is mad good, and it's kind of jank and it's mad cheap, but like it smells like shit usually, like not not the food, but like the like the the aroma of the air, you know what I mean? But like yeah. something about having that bottle in the actual glass bottle is just so fucking good. It doesn't compare to the carton. It's an ethnic experience. Yeah, it really is. exactly. And then for those of you, sorry, we should be inclusive. For those of you who are Indonesian, <laughs> for those of you who are Indonesian, that bottle, like translated, is literally tea bottle or bottle tea, and it's like primarily like jasmine tea, and but it's sweet, and like, I don't know how to explain it, but it's just so damn good. You'll find it like at any Asian market, but you'll find them in like the little square cartons, and they're still good. It just doesn't hit the same. I don't know someone. Someone said the carton one's the best one in chat. Oh. Really? Who said that? Please, Here. that bottle of the plastic is the best. Girl, you listen. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Very questionable taste your friends have here, homie. <laughs> I don't even want to know which friend said that. Um, three shot. <laughs> of course, it's her again. <laughs> <laughs> She's your biggest fan, man. You gotta holla at him. Let's yeah. see. Let's um, see. Oh, go ahead. No, oh gosh. That, yeah, we like missed. We forgot to include the ones where like you have the bottle in like the plastic bag oh. and it. Oh my god! But mm. you know that's mad, mad ratchet. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I think the the thing about like Asian sort of or like literal street food in Asia, like the jankier it is, the better it hits for some reason. Uh-huh. I don't really I know why. Like when when I was a kid, um, we there were like these like um store like storefronts. 
Mm-hmm. No, I don't know what you would call it, honestly. But like they would have like these like really cheap like toys and stuff. But they would also like sell like really cheap food, and like and they would also like come in like the carts and they would be like outside while like we're playing like soccer or badminton or something, which is like Indonesian as fuck. And we would go whenever, like, we're tired and, like, you would mix, like, these. They would, like, come in, like, these little plastic, um, what's it called? Packets. And, like, you, they would, like, mix it in with water. And it was, like, sugary as fuck. And I don't know what it was called, but they would put it in, like, these little, like, j- like really janky plastic bags. And you put the, like, the straw in the plastic bag and you drink it out of it. I don't know what it's called, but it was so, so, so good. I would, like, ask, like, my butt butt for, like, like pocket money just like to get like it's like lima lima ribu gitu but like my parents like were always like, at work or something or they wouldn't want me to go to those stores <laughs> for good reason probably it was probably like unhealthy but maybe that's why i was fat as a kid but i don't know man that shit was good <laughs> i have an indonesian confession moment hmm. like I have, I have a confession to make i've like almost pretty much never eaten at a warung like, never what are you have you been to bali yeah, of course I but, okay. have. But, but have you been to like, like, like my uh, warung made uh, belum ga? Warung made. Oh my god, that's like that's like a staple. Oh my god, In dude. Bali? Yeah, or, or like my it's like made's warung, but then we call it like warung made. They have like the, uh-huh. it's not really a warung. It's like a restaurant, but it's like a very like you know it doesn't feel like gentrified uh-huh. and like in like like posh or anything it feels very like indonesian and it's just so good we make it a point to go every single time we're in bali dude it's so <sighs> oh my God, i haven't been to bali in like a hot minute but no yeah i've like never been able to really eat like at the in a warung or like mm. just anything that's like on the side of the street because like i have a very sensitive stomach and so maybe this uh-huh. is a little tmi but it's like i'm one of those people where it's like if i eat something that's like from somewhere unclean i will have stomach issues so- <laughs> wait really so tra- translated <laughs> translated every time she eats there she gets the shit since she gets that bro <laughs> i'm like i'm american and i've never had a stomach ache from eating street food over there mm, he, he calls you a pussy in the- <laughs> <laughs> oh my god no i've like, literally i have been you don't i bet you don't even like sambal huh oh Oh, you did not. <laughs> <laughs> I have you know. Mm. Mama likes it spicy. I have you know. Okay. <laughs> Yo, Trisha is mad funny. She said, "Y'all, I'm not even Indonesian, and I feel more Indonesian." And then she said, "She said sate in the streets tastes better because of the pollution." <laughs> Yo, honestly, honestly the, pollution, the pollution and just like the like lack of hygiene it's like that's part of the experience that's like the taste yeah. of this country yeah happening. it's just it's just part of the experience like i feel like at, like when you're a tourist and you go to indonesia like like there's parts like there's a lot of like beauty in indonesia but then when you go to like the i guess like the city life of it like i feel like a lot of tourists are gonna be like oh like it's really dirty and it smells like i get it yeah it, it does kind of you know the smell of like burning trash is in the air totally understandable but that's Wait. just part of the experience can i can i talk about something real quick yeah let me go there this is a this is a vivid memory that i don't know if you guys will share but mm. the one thing i miss is being a little kid Riding in the back of the Kijang, you know, where the seats are like parallel oh! to each other. You know what I'm talking about, right? You yes, know, right? Dude, like, yeah, dude, yeah. like the the new Kijang suck ass. Like, like they just they just don't they just don't hit the same. You know? Yeah, no mm-hmm. facts. Like they don't know about it. They don't know about it. They don't. They don't. Seatbelts. Seatbelts are for weaklings, yeah, man. Like, there's no seatbelts. <laughs> oh my god! No, that okay. 
dead ass. That is like one of the things that me coming from Indonesia and then like going to America, that's one of the things, ask any of my friends that have ever been in a car with me and if I've ever like sit, sat in the front, I always forget to put on my seatbelt. <laughs> oh my God, that's <laughs> awful. Put on your fucking seatbelt. And I'm like, oh yeah, shit, I forgot I'm not an Indo anymore. <laughs> that's so awful. That's so awful. I like, I don't know if it's just me or if it's like an Indo thing because over here, like technically you're supposed to, but you know how it is here. Like yeah. people don't hold the rules. People don't get, people don't care, but it's like in, in that aspect, it's kind of bad how they don't care but it you know it's okay it happens um going back to the chat real quick um a lot of your friends are calling you a disgrace um how you never go to warung shame warung Monday is iconic blocked and reported and then your friend Adit- aditya bilang, aditya says i'm indian and even i know that <laughs> no, it's not. and then, and then, and then uh, trisha says you got white people stomach <laughs> and then no, mentrat queen <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, on the comment of like uh, calories is a social construct um adita says safety is a social construct <laughs> uh, and then your and then your friend camilla uh, ari's friend camilla says ari makes the best opor Ooh, bold oh, claim she, oh, oh she, 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 really? bold she's malaysian she, she's malaysian she knows. she knows oh malay okay true neighbors yeah. true and then <laughs> <laughs> and then so kind of segueing onto the main topic one uh one of my friends john kind of like called me out on it <laughs> he's like yeah so for the main topic dot 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 <laughs> i was adopted so being too white for asia and too asian to be american is my life story so thank you for saying that and for sharing that by the way because that kind of is a pretty good segue onto kind of <laughs> our main topic for the day so for those of you who don't know um we kind of wanted to cover the experience of being a third culture kid right um and for those of you who don't know being a third culture kid is essentially um being raised in a uh, in a culture that's different from your parents so for those of us who are first immig- or first immigration first generation immigrants such as myself and my sister um that's kind of what we go through and uh, also india as well as an international student but it's also not exclusive to just you know, um, immigrants either, because Ari was actually born and raised in the San Francisco Bay Area, but he was um, raised in a different culture than like his parents ethnically, right? So, with that be with that being said, it's it's um it's kind of weird, right? Because when you're raised in a household with your parents, um, they they kind of expect certain things out of you, which is totally fair. But having them being from a different sort of culture than what we're raised in, it's like we're being in like two different worlds at one time. It's like whenever we go home or whenever we are home, rather, um, we're like sometimes we like speak our native tongue and like we eat our the ethnic food or we just have certain quote unquote social constructs or just standards in general that we have to like live by because they're our parents. But then when we go to school, it's like a whole different ball game, And it's so weird because you're like surrounded by these two different influences. But you don't like as a kid, I struggled like trying to navigate between those two. And that's kind of what Inda's book is actually about. So I don't know if you kind of wanted to talk about um, what you're writing and what's like your inspiration for writing it. Uh huh. So in terms of what I'm writing, again, it's about it's exploring the just the complexities of the international and intercultural identity, especially mm. it highlights the experience of how we walk through the world um, after having lived in the Anglosphere. And now um, I actually just recently learned this term Anglosphere. I like looked it up mm. on Google and now so smart every time I say it. But <laughs> Anglosphere. <laughs> the Anglosphere refers to US, UK, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, which mm. are um, 
you know, the people that I'm interviewing and surveying for my book are the people that have experience living there as well as living outside of the Anglosphere here because there's just, because of so much, like there's so much history that really makes it so that w when you are living in the Anglosphere and like when you're out of it, it's a completely different, it's a completely different experience. I don't know like how to eloquently explain it, but it's a different, it's a different experience being an international student, say in Japan, like if you're from mm. Indonesia and like you go to Japan, or if you, even if you go to Europe, like Germany or Netherlands, it's completely different from when you go to an Anglosphere country like the US, the UK, these countries that have very complex uh, globalization systems. Um, yeah. It really adds to the experience. And so my book, it's also, it's telling stories of what it's like um, not being part of the majority, mm. um, having to assimilate to a new country, um, experiencing culture shock and also reverse culture shock, right? Because mm. that's something that, uh, like, when we are one of those people, we're one of those people that live in the in between, and so every time we go somewhere new, it's always, you know, some like a reverse culture shock moment for us. Yeah. Um, as well, dealing with racial prejudice, racial discrimination, um, xenophobic aggression and hostility, and as well just the immigration struggles, like legally and just all all, all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, it's about the good the funny, there are like a lot of lighthearted, like very, you know, funny moments in the book um, in terms of like stories and experiences shared by other people. But there's yeah. also the really bad ones, the really, oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened to you. I'm so sorry, you know, kind of moments. And so mm. it's a, everything about what it's like to be us, you know, yeah. and people like us, I feel like one of, the, one of the reasons why I was so propelled to write this book is because um, when you think about it, there's actually so many international people like us around the world, where we come from an international multicultural in, um, ba background, but that experience isn't highlighted as much in mainstream media. And just, um, just there's things about our experiences, like it's worth sharing with people. It's, you know, it's worth people knowing like, this is what it, this is what it feels like um, to just never belong in one certain place entirely. Yeah. yeah, I can totally relate to that because I feel like I've, I've had to struggle with a little bit of a, what I call an identity crisis when I was growing up, because whenever, like, especially when I moved here, right? When I when I uh, moved to San Francisco, people are always asking me, like, "Oh, where are you from?" And it always, like, my mind always pauses for a brief moment because I don't know how to answer. My go-to answer is, "Oh, I I moved here from Orlando, Florida, because that's where I was before here, right?" Um, but I was only in Orlando for like three years. Before that, I grew up in South Carolina, which is like where essentially I was basically raised, right? I moved there when I was six years old. And I was there all the way up until I graduated high school at 18. But I was born in Jakarta. So technically, that's where I'm from, like traditionally slash ethnically. But I don't know how to like, but I don't know how to talk about it because I was only there until I was six. And like, how much do you really learn about your culture and like your country at like up until six years old, right? I remember what it felt like. I remember what my house looked like. I remember where I went as a kid, but I don't really like I lost like my native language. I wasn't really in tune with like my like you know, ethnic culture. So it's like hard, like trying to like diverse, like, I don't know, differentiate between the two. Like I identify as Asian American because I'm like from Asia, but I'm like really at my heart, I guess, American. But whenever people ask me about that, I don't really know how to like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain myself if that makes sense. And like whenever, whenever I try to think about like um, home, I guess, 
I guess maybe that's a social construct too. Cause like when, whenever, um, let's say like during COVID, right. They, people ask me like, Oh, like, are you going home? Or like for, or like for the holidays, like, are you going home? Sometimes I'm just like, what the fuck is home for me? <laughs> because I, we actually sold my childhood home in South Carolina already. So I don't really have like a home there anymore, but I guess like home could be Jakarta because that's where my family is right now. My parents are, but my sister lives in Washington, DC. It's like, I don't know what home is anymore. So I don't know if like you guys like wanted to kind of like riff off on that or. I want to, I want to add a little bit to that. So mm. specifically where I'm from, like San Francisco Bay area, yeah, the Indonesian population isn't really that large. Like we kind of know each other, you know, Indonesians know other Indonesians and that creates its own web, mm. but there's no community like yeah. little Tokyo or like Japan town or like Chinatown or anything like that. It's mm. very uh, diasporic in that sense. Yeah. And, you know, for me, I feel like I didn't really come to terms or, like, really latch onto my Indonesian identity until I was maybe, like, a teenager or even until I was mm. an adult. Wow. I remember, you know, like, I took French in high school. And yeah. we were practicing basic sentences. And we have to say, like, what's our ethnicity, right? I'm like, I don't know. For some reason... I thought it would just be easier for me to respond to that question, like, je suis chinois, you know, mm. that means I am Chinese, mm. which is instead of, I didn't say je suis Indonesian until I was like my sophomore year, junior year of high school. Oh, wow. And in my mind, I was like, why am I doing this? Why am I not holding on and grasping my Indonesian heritage? And I think it's because, again, there's like that lack of community. And even so, when you're a young kid, you don't really appreciate that. Yeah, and then specifically sure. in American and Western media, there aren't a lot of strong Indonesian idols or yeah. uh, figures of authority that you can really look up to and be like, wow, I really resonate with this person. Yeah. I honest to God, I didn't even know about like an actual famous Indonesian person until I was in college and he's like a novelist. Mm, interesting. Yeah, for mine, it would be, I mean, I'm sure everyone's like kind of acclimated with Rich Brian <laughs> and Nikki, of course, whether you're Indonesian or not. Um, I think them blowing up to the where, where they are now um, really means a lot to me because like, although I'm not a musician, it wasn't until I started really listening to Rich Brian's music that I actually realized that, wow, I finally have someone to look up to as a hometown hero that not only looks like me and sounds like me, but is from the, the exact city where I'm from. And like I didn't realize what it was like to feel that until until like that moment where I like listened to his um his album The Sailor. If, if for those of you who haven't listened to it, please please listen to it. It's so so good because a lot of his songs talk about like his journey into America after he hit the mainstream, right? He even speculates about like what his mom thinks about him. Like you know he used to be a kid that was like super awkward, doesn't have many friends, and he's just on his computer. Now he's like selling out stages and like he's got all these fans and friends and like but he's like younger than we are. He's like twenty one I think right now. And I don't know, like, as someone who kind of, like, tries to strive for that sort of, like, platform, not necessarily like, fame, I'm not trying to, like, be famous, but I do want to have a platform like him to where I can show other people, especially other Indonesians that are still back at home, that you can still make it here no matter what you want to do, no matter, like, who you are, right? But it wasn't until that moment that I realized, wow, I've never had anyone to look up to, and, like, not having an idol is something that was, like, I guess, like, a missing void in my heart. Not to be, like, super, like, melodramatic or anything, but it means a lot to have that sort of person. And, like, you know, I'm not going to hate on, like, other cultures or, or whatever for having that sort of inspiration, but for me, it kind of... It feels like there's something missing there, you know what I mean? For someone who's a lover of pop culture, right, and I strive to be, like, that kind of person, it's, like, it's 
it sucks not having or for the, when I was a kid not having anybody to look up to. So thank you for like doing stuff like this in done like writing a book because I feel like it's things like this like need to be like our voices need to be like more like propelled and like catapulted higher. But um, let's kind of like look at the chat real quick because uh, we've got several people talking right now. So Allison, who's also a fellow Indonesian, says I also have problems with the concept of home too. Um, feel free to share like more of your story by the way in the chat box. We'd love to um, read it and stuff. Trisha, back in the chat. <laughs> says home used to be where my pets are lol but now both my sister in indonesia and my parents in hong kong both got cats so i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i thought that was gonna like go into a more serious job <laughs> newton says back at foothill college i met a lot of indonesians oh that's cool awesome awesome and john mildner says home is where the heart is that's true but then if like your heart is kind of like in so many places then like yeah. i don't know <laughs> I, that's how that's how i felt after graduating high school because for me growing up home was always not so much yes like for me it's a little bit more straightforward i have mm. an indonesian word i have an indonesian citizenship i was born and raised here so yes like i have a straightforward answer for home like it's indonesia but at the same time it's like even though i say that a lot of times growing up it didn't feel really feel like indonesia um was home and that i was you know even though again born and raised here but i wasn't ever fully assimilated mm. to culture here um and so for me after i graduated high school it was hard to like you know sort of peg like where home was because for me growing up my definition of home was always where my loved ones are and so that includes mm. my mom but that also includes my friends now the struggle with me is that i went to an international school and all of my friends are literally from everywhere around the world and then they were scattered <laughs> like all over the world after we graduated high school mm. so we went from you know foreigners living in indonesia and then suddenly it's like you know my korean friend went to go to school in the uk my chinese friend went to go school uh in canada and then my and then trisha my you know indonesian friend she went to the philippines and so mm, oh, it's wow yeah and so <laughs> we were all just like scattered all over the world and so there, there was a you know there was some time where i was just kind of like I would go back to Indonesia and like, yes, my mom is here. My dog is here and it's mm. nice, but it didn't fully felt like home because I didn't have the people that I grew up for like a lot of my life with here. Yeah. Some, but not all. Um, mm -hmm. It was just missing that. It was just missing that extra element, you know? Yeah. I want to, I want to ask you both a question. So <clears throat> something my mom talks about is being that most of my family is still in Indonesia and my immediate family is in the United States. Uh, she's talked about how, you know, I've never had that sense of like big family, you know, like grandma, mm. grand, grandpa, like uncle, auntie, uh, and cousins, right? Mm. I know, I think, I think my cousins in the chat are watching, but <laughs> I've never felt close mm. to my extended family because we're so far apart geographically and I think culturally. Uh, I'm not sure if it's the same for both of you, but what are your thoughts? Yes. <laughs> yes I, well for for me anyway sorry <laughs> yeah i i always feel oh man okay i mean i guess i'll vent a little bit here <laughs> um i really really miss having that big family feeling because my family is like huge right because my so my mom is actually the 12th child of 12 children so if you think yeah so i have like 11 different uncles and aunts from my mom's side alone and then from that 12, I have cousins and like, and those cousins are starting to have children now. And I'm like, oh shit, now I'm an uncle. It's like, ah. And then from my dad's side, I believe, oh God, she's gonna, oh God. I'm pretty sure it was eight, but I'm not really sure. <laughs> I kind of forgot. Um, but there's like several on both sides. So it's like hard to keep track. But even though it's hard to keep track, like 
I loved having that feeling because every time I would go back home for La Baran, yeah, or which is like, it was not like Ramadan for those of you who don't know. Um, we would have like these huge family gatherings, and very often they used to be um at my parents' place, and it it would always be awkward, because <laughs> like not not only like is there like an, a language barrier there, which goes along with the whole third culture kid thing, um, so it's hard to like speak right because I lost my native tongue, but they kind of barely speak English sometimes, um, but it was nice to just be part of a family because very often when I go back, I forget what family feels like. You know what I mean? Like I was introduced to like my nephews that I didn't even know I had, but they spoke like at ten and like seven years old. They speak like very like good English. It was like very shocking. They would talk to me about Fortnite and shit. It was awesome. <laughs> and like and then like my my uncle would like pull me from like the the um uh what's it called like the family dinner that we were having to go introduce me to my cousin who I, or my cousins that i don't even remember meeting but they were like about to go into college but they wanted to like but they also wanted to go into like media production and stuff like that so he wanted me to like give tips to them and i've never felt like that i don't i, I don't know what it feels like to be like an older cousin giving tips like to my younger cousins or like talking with like my nephews and then um i have a cousin who's like a doctor and um we were having like a big family reunion and he pulled me out to go in his car and we went to go to the um the Indomaret, yeah. Um and they wanted he wanted to get out some durian to like surprise everybody. And like on the drive there he was like um he speaks perfect English too and he would just like be talking to me about like college and like how's your like what's it like to study over there and like stuff like that and I don't know. It, it was really nice. Like, oh god, I'm getting really emotional. <laughs> but it was really nice having that feeling because I don't, I don't remember what that felt like. You know what I mean? Like, I, I know that I have a family, but being here for so long and not seeing them for so long, it's, it's weird. And I, I don't know. There's like a huge disconnect, I guess. And the good thing is, it, it makes me feel more thankful, I guess. Like for like to, because I don't see them as often, but fuck man like it really it really like i miss that i miss having that big family feeling because it, you just i don't get that very often like what I, I would get so sad whenever like christmas comes around or thanksgiving oh my god when thanksgiving comes around and everyone's like got like turkeys and stuff and obviously like my family doesn't always celebrate thanksgiving for obvious reasons but like seeing their fa big family gatherings and like just kind of like chilling at home like drinking with myself <laughs> Yo, yo, come over. I adopt random Indonesians <laughs> to my family gathering. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. But yeah, it's just, I don't know. Actually, my, my cousin's like getting, well, not my cousin. My like childhood friend is literally getting married right now. Shout out to Kamila or uh, Kaila. Yeah, congratulations. She's probably not watching this, obviously. She's having her wedding. But like, like just seeing that, I'm just like, oh my God, we're at the point in our lives where like literally like our friends are being married and it's like, it's so awesome. But it's like, oh my God, where has the time gone? <laughs> but that's kind of like what my experience of it is, like being so far away, you know what I mean? It's, <sighs> I don't know, man. I cling on to my childhood memories like so much. I don't know if you guys do that, but like, I don't know. Now I'm kind of like venting. Sorry, I'm kind of like going on a tirade, but oh, bitch, <laughs> life is going know? too fast, like, man. Are you close with your cousins, sisters, family, whatever? Family, okay. Family for me specifically, it's a very difficult topic to talk about. Um, I've never been that close with family ever. Um, I have a pretty big. I have a pretty big family. Like I have technically cousins and um, aunts and uncles from my from my mom's side only because. Um, I'm uh, my mom's a single mom. I don't have a dad. 
Um, and so I only have family from her, um, her side and even her side alone is like huge. Um, but I've never been close with them. And it's always growing up for me. Again, this is where the struggle of being an international kid. And especially when you're the only one in your entire family that's an international. <laughs> right. That's where the struggle. Um, mm. And so growing up, it was always hard for me to ever be close to any, you know, cousin or my aunt or uncle because of there was a language barrier. Um, I kind of grew up in Indonesia having a very unorthodox upbringing, um, mm. especially surrounding language. Yeah. Um, I actually, I learned Indonesian very, very late in life. Um, wow, first, really? The first few years, actually, I the first few years when I was growing up, I, had, I only picked up Indonesian by ear um, oh. because... I've never been formally taught Indonesian in class or by my mom, not by my mom, because she's a single mom. And like when I was growing up, it, you know, things were hard. Like she's has to, she has to support this new kid all by herself. Yeah. But she was never home. You know, she was never home to like teach me the language or like teach me much of anything. Right. And so I picked up <laughs> Indonesian. I mean, my mother, she had to work hard. Like, I, okay, no, yeah. my mother. But like, Shout she out to never the moms. Around. Shout out to my mom. <laughs> moms, y'all are fucking amazing. But um, yeah, just because she was never home. Um, and so the only exposure to the Indonesian language that I had was through my maids, through my drivers, uh, through my, and for those of you who are not Indonesian going, what the hell you have drivers, maids and securities? Yes, it's normal. It's here. a normal thing around there. It's not like, you're not necessarily rich just because you have like maids and stuff. It's just kind of like a, a normalized social thing. But anyway, keep going. Sorry. But, um, yeah, so, and I've never, and because I've always been in an international school since like the very, very beginning, I went to Singaporean international school first, uh. um, which I, I talk about this in my book. I went to Singapore International School first. And so there it was English. And the second language is Chinese. And that's why Chinese is my second language. Oh. And then I moved to an American International School, which is Jakarta International School, uh, for mm. which for better or worse has a quite a reputation here in this country. But, uh, <laughs> so but so I've heard. I that's when I started actually for the first time in my life taking an Indonesian class and actually like learning like formal proper class Indonesia. up until that point everything Indonesian that I knew like in terms of language I had to pick up by ear so it literally I was on the like level of a foreigner um wow. walk, walking through Indonesia and like people see me it's kind of like you look like you're from here <laughs> you kind of don't you kind of I've always you know, my friend said to me once, like, you know, you kind of walk through, even though you live and like was born and raised in Indonesia, you walk through the world like an American. Um, mm. That's just always something that like struck me. And it's, it's just so weird because I've always been that way since I was young, but I've never even stepped foot in America before. It's just because oh. of exposure of like Western media and all that type of stuff, I guess. But yeah. okay, back to family, um, language um, was one of the things that it was hard for me to get close to my family because I'm the only one in my family actually who primarily speaks English. Everyone else, they speak either um, Chinese or Indonesian. Well, both, actually, most of them, wow. like, they can speak both. Um, but a lot of them, they live here in Indonesia, and they primarily speak Indonesian. And then mm. some of them, they've lived in China, um, but okay. they also speak Indonesian. And gotcha. just, yeah, and, like, English is my most fluent language, right? And, like, Same. Indonesian, I mean, Indonesian and Chinese, like, back then, it was, like, you know, I wasn't, like, that great. Even up until now, I guess. Well, now I'm better, but. Um, <laughs> now just, I'm better, but. <laughs> well, no, I'm better. I, I, I've had to like pick up a lot of things on my own too, but it was just because of that language barrier it was always hard to get close with family. And also yeah. just being an international kid, your upbringing is different. Your social environment is different. And so your personality, your attitude and your mentality is different. different. And so on a more, you know, on a more serious note about family, why we're no longer in contact. So my only family is just me. It's only me and my mom. I I'm not in contact with anybody else anymore because uh. a, a lot of times growing up, I would get, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I guess, yeah, there's no other way to put it. I got a lot of shit from mm. my aunt, my uncle, 
um, even my cousin just for being too different. Yes. I, I, oh, I, 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 I talked back a lot. I gave, mm. I gave a lot of attitude. They didn't like that. Mm. Um, I did things that, you know, in their opinion, like a young girl should not be doing you know, or like, you know, um, just, yeah. And so that's why it's such a big cultural difference between me and my family. That's, I know it's weird sometimes for people to think about that, but yeah. you can have cultural differences between like within your own family. And so that's why we just never got along and just, ever since i went off to college back um, after graduating high school i've literally never seen them since i don't care oh, from them since wow. and mm. yeah and to be honest like i don't care to ever see them <laughs> it's okay to be honest i guess yeah. <laughs> i think the, the, the i don't give a shit <laughs> <laughs> i think our, our audience is sharing their stories too so i'm gonna read a few if you guys don't mind um so um allison says having lived in jakarta vancouver taipei and now san francisco wow um, it is difficult to answer this question of home. Um, I never truly felt Indonesian or Chinese enough, although I grew up in Indonesia most of my life. Same. Being an American citizen also makes it difficult to answer, am I American enough too? Ah, man, totally, totally feel you, Allison. Um, John Mildner says, from a bit of a different perspective, I think home is where you feel safe and comfortable in your own skin and just being yourself. I know a lot of people struggle with this, but having Asian friends say I'm not Asian enough and then going home to a white family and feeling like I don't belong is really hard. So I also mm -hmm. never felt super close to my family. Not that I wasn't loved, but still felt like I didn't belong. And then uh, Daniel says, factual, pop off. <laughs> I guess that's like our freezy pop off here for the episode. Um, Trisha says, <laughs> throw back to when I, a Filipino girl, had to help Inda with her IB Indonesia class. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, yeah. she's Filipino, but she was born. She was born in okay, Trisha. You were born in fucking Probolinggo. That's like in the middle of fucking nowhere. And like, <laughs> first of all, damn homegirl be popping off on you. <laughs> I'm gonna drag her. Like, I'm always gonna drag her for being born in Probolinggo. It's like, so yeah, funny. you're dragging her in front of two thousand three hundred people. Okay, it's like in the middle of nowhere. They probably like have to cross like some dangerous bridge just to go to the school. Like, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> okay. Pop but, no, Trisha, she. And so, actually, um, to pull Trisha into the story, because I know she's, like, seeking attention right now. Um, so <laughs> she, when she came to JIS, she yeah. was actually the first ever friend that I had that I could speak Indonesian to. And so, literally, mm. um, and I know, I don't think I've ever told Trisha this because I don't ever want to, like, you know, boost up her ego even bigger than it already is. But <laughs> I would not be able to speak the amount of Indonesian that I can today if it weren't for meeting her back in high school. Aww, wow. Wholesome friends. Wow. Nice. <laughs> wow. Why don't you talk about me like that, Ari? What the fuck? Because uh, I've only known you for like four months, dude. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm just fucking with you. We haven't even rolled together yet. Come on. No, it's all good. And then Ke Kevin Tang says, Home is where you know exactly what angle to tilt the shower knob in to get the perfect temperature of water. That is, bro, facts to the max, no printer, bro. <laughs> it's it's so weird, like, knowing those things. And you know exactly what home is going to smell like. You know exactly where you want to, like, chill when you get home. <laughs> I, I want to ask you both a question. Mm. So... For myself, being from the States, I've never known too much about Indonesian history, Indonesian geopolitics, culture. And it was only until very recently that I started to learn more about that, you know, through like film festivals, documentaries, and novels. So I want to ask you both, like, how comfortable are you with knowing like Indonesian history, culture, and how do you keep in touch with your heritage? 
presented that part specifically about my international education because here's the thing and i've only very recently started reflecting upon this because i am writing my book Mm. I went, even though I went to an international, I went to international schools here in Jakarta, but the country that they're located in is in Indonesia. And so given that I've always lately, I've been thinking, you know, why don't they teach us Indonesian history? Why don't they teach us? Um, there's this thing, it started getting implemented at uh, my high school, Jakarta International School after I left, but it's called <laughs> civics. I don't, I'm not really sure what that enta- entails, but it's like, I feel like that's just one of those things, like especially for kids like me, who yes, we are international, but we are locally from this country too. Mm. You know, that's the kind of thing, especially us, like we should learn. We should know about more of our history. I knew more about American history and I knew more about just like, I guess like Western history, like, you know, like World War II, World War One, all of that. And like a little bit of like, you know, China history, all of that. I knew more about that than I knew about Indonesian history. I don't even really know like oh, geography too. Like, and I know Indonesia is a big country. And so like, yeah, it's hard, but it's like, you know, even like if, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, like a friend of mine asked like, oh, how many islands does Indonesia have? And like, honestly, like I couldn't tell. I, I couldn't tell you either. <laughs> but like my, my, my friend, like, because kids like him, like he grew up in the Indonesian school system um, mm. and they were like properly taught And so it's like kind of like common knowledge to have. But it's like for me as an Indonesian, like I don't know that about my own country. And it's like, yeah. you know, that's one of those things that I resent about my education, like to an extent, because it's like I should know more about my my country. And it's my, and like not even just like because I'm an Indonesian, this other international students in the school should also know about Indonesian history because you are living in this fucking country. <laughs> Facts. Yeah, I feel I I feel bad for like to answer your question. I feel bad for like not knowing anything about my country's history at all either. I mean, aside from the fact that we you were, know like, you know who colonizes, right? You know what country that is, right? Yeah, okay, all right. Just want to make sure if you know that you're good. You're and good. That, no, am I good? That's like as far <laughs> as I know, and that like, I find that very very uncomfortable that I don't know more than that. And I know that it's like, oh, it's up to you, or it's on to you to kind of like learn more about your culture. Yes, but then at the same time, like there's a lot going on. I'm sure, well, you know, everyone in the chat knows there's a lot going on in America as well. And I feel like it's a duty for me as an Asian American to like be in tune with our geopolitical like structure and like contact as well. But it's like, but I feel bad. It's like, how the fuck am I Indonesian? And I was born there and everything, and I don't know much about my own culture. It's like, ah, oh, I don't know. I feel really guilty, but at the same time, it's like. Yeah, I think there is censorship and assimilation. Yes, you know, Mm. like Freezy, you moved here when you were six, and I don't, I wouldn't expect the American school system to know jack shit about Indonesia. Yeah, yeah, because we have no relations with Indonesia, as far as I know, you know, but like a lot of Europeans do because like spices and shit, right? (laughs) But like America doesn't really like delve with indonesian or indonesia just like even when we were got colonized at all right so i don't know like mm, i don't know i feel really guilty talking about this oh jesus (laughs) so much of history in general too um and i feel like especially like now with the whole rise of the black lives matter movement that's what's happening in america we really are starting to realize that um so much of history is censored not mm. just like it, I'm not just talking about in Indonesia. That's definitely the case. Yeah, they don't 100%. talk about they don't talk about. Okay, they really do not talk about the Chinese riots that happened in 1998. Which that was one of the reasons why. I mean, no, that's not one of the reasons why. That <laughs> was the reason why I had to leave to Singapore and like I lived there for a few uh... years and then I came to America. 
because there was a Chinese riot. For those of you who don't know, yeah, there was a Chinese riot like back in 1998. And so a lot of us like fled. Some of us never returned. Some of us, I guess most of us, I guess, returned. Um, mm. And just they don't teach, even the Indonesian kids here, they don't teach that. Or like maybe mm. they do, they mention it, but they don't really like, you know, dive into it, even though it's such a significant like moment in Chinese Indonesian history. Yeah. Um, and just, but not outside of Indonesia too, like a history everywhere. Like when, through, for, okay, speaking as an international student, like international students, like in Asia or like where have you, when we learn history, one, it's always Western history, right? Like mm. our, the history curriculum is, it's kind of colonized in a sense, right? <laughs> oh, it's shit. always the Western perspective. And even so, it is, there's so much censorship. Mm, yeah, I feel like we're starting to realize that a lot of our countries, like histories, is very censored. Like they, they don't teach um, anything. Like black, especially in America, like black history is very, very much censored. Like they only teach you about like Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and like Rosa Parks, which are very prominent figures, but like that's it. They don't teach us about like the the riots that happened like during the civil rights movement. They didn't teach about what happened in, I think, um, I think it was Oklahoma when they, there was like a, there was a black wall street essentially. And it was like a very like um, prominent neighborhood, especially for the black community there. Cause like for once they had a community where they can like fully like develop their careers and stuff. And they just completely eradicated it. They like burned every single building and and like while the protests were half were happening, they literally killed every single black person there that was like, like still there. It was awful, but we, we don't know anything about that. We don't know about how in New York City, you know where Central Park is right now? There used to be like a really like bustling black neighborhood there for the first. And that was like, I think the first actual black uh, American black neighborhood, especially in New York City. That's like, a very big thing. Right. But they, they just kind of like bulldozed it and then they built like Central Park or at least like a, a part of Central Park. But like, it's awful. And then like, you know, Chinese history, they they don't teach you about like the Tiananmen Square massacre and stuff like that. So history is like written by the victors. And it's like crazy how it's like just to learn about those pieces of pieces of like history and culture. You have to go out of your way just to learn about those things. Yes, Daniel, Tulsa Massacre. Yes, thank you for clearing that up, I forgot. Like, I guess, you know, one thing is, I don't know, like, Inda, I don't know if you've, like, even been taught about this, but, like, just learning about, like, General Suharto's regime. Like, that is that something that you are taught about? Like, ta does, do the, does the country acknowledge that? Like, I wouldn't be able to speak on that because I, again, in international school, like we weren't taught these things. Mm, um, interesting. Everything that I know now about Indonesian history, heck, even like Indonesian, like, you know, legality or like just Indonesian like civics and like culture and all that, I've had to mostly pick it up on my own because my the international schools here, they don't really teach you that. Is there a reason why the curriculum doesn't like cover those things, even though you're... Well, with with my high school with with gist um we i'm pretty sure everyone you had to take at least one semester of an indonesian language class mm. um that's that's basically one it one semester and then I, yeah do you have to just take one semester um and then i i graduated in 2016 and 2016 was actually a very eventful year for a lot of international um schools here in jakarta particularly for Indo the indonesian students that go to international schools they um change the rules a little bit and so suddenly like if you are an Indonesian, if you're an indonesian passport holder if you're an indonesian citizen going to an international school you have you were suddenly required to take classes like religion class um civics and mm. then well i guess it's civics and then um some something else i can't remember but yeah uh, it's like now it's changed but back in my time and I feel like <laughs> back, back in, in my day <laughs> everyone had to take a minimum one semester 
um, I obviously I wanted to continue my Indonesian education because finally it's like there's an opportunity for me to like learn yeah. more in class. Yeah. Um, and yeah, well, I we have it. Yeah, what I did the Indonesian uh, international baccalaureate standard level language B second second language. Um, and you know what's so funny? I this one time in class, um, what, someone from my class asked the teacher, "When if we convert our our um, class?" like this IB standard level B Indonesian class to mm-hmm. the Indonesian school system, what grade would we be in? Um, and mind you, this was back when I was, I guess, a junior or a senior in high school. And mm. my teacher went, oh, kalau di Indonesia, ya, kelas lima lah. And so mm. like, we literally were like, oh, you know, <laughs> 17, 17, 18 year olds, 19 year olds, like uh. juniors and seniors in high school. And we speak Indonesian. And like a lot of us in class were Indonesian, like locals like me. And we were speaking Indonesian at a fifth grade level. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. But you're already about yeah. to like graduate high school. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Real quick. Hey, it's um, fine. Real- I only know the word control, okay? Like that's all ah! <laughs> That's, you're, you're ahead. No one heard that. No one heard that. No wait, one heard wait, that. Hey, hey, come on. Like, why are you censoring me, man? No one heard that. Why are you censoring me? I'm not. Um, okay, fine. You're right. Real quick, I'm going to go over some of the people in the chat. We got a lot of people. I'm sharing their stories. Thank you so much uh, for tuning in, by the way, guys. So, Cindy Marshall says, Don't worry, Ari. I grew up in Indonesia and still know nothing about Indo history and culture because most international schools never really covered it. And not to mention, most schools never even mentioned the bad things that have shaped Indonesia to what it is today. Abhishek says, I relate to the struggle of trying to identify to a certain culture. I've lived both in America and in India, and in both places I felt out of place. I felt like language and accents were a big barrier to me being fully incorporated to a certain culture. That's true. I either spoke too fast for India or I enunciated words too differently for America. That's actually the flip for me. I speak way too fast in English, if you can't already tell, but I enunciate words in Indonesia like very, very shitty. Um, Francis Nikolai says, personally, this whole topic is very half feels in general. I spent time entirely with my mother, who is Central Asian, but I'm very white passing. So I just, so just walking into Asian spaces, I always feel the need to explain that I can belong there. Oh, sorry to hear that. And yet living in white spaces, it always felt like there's just something missing. To the point where my family started living in California, where there was a much larger Asian presence, it felt very comforting in a way that's hard to describe. But on that note, uh, well, first of all, thank you for for sharing, and I'm glad that you finally found, like, a place where it feels like a safe haven, a safe space for you, yeah? Malia says, Malia or Malia? I'm just going to say Malia. (laughs) That is so true. They didn't teach us about the Chinese riot that happened in May of 1998. It was a constant struggle for us. We moved to California when I was in fifth grade, and for 15 years, I constantly struggle. I constantly struggle with the pull from both my homeland culture, Indonesia, and my new home culture here in America. More on that in a sec. Thank you for mentioning that. Trisha says, even in my elementary years in Indonesia, I went to a more local school and didn't learn much about Indo history either. Wow. Mm. Um, Allison says, I learned more about Indonesian history while being in Taipei American school for high school instead of JIS. Super shocking. What the fuck? <laughs> Trisha says, <laughs> Trisha says, maybe censorship is not such a bad thing. Probably in response to Ari. <laughs> so yeah, for the audience. Demonetize. <laughs> Demonetize. We're not, but we're not making shit from this, by the way. We don't make, we don't even have a Patreon yet, but more on that later. <laughs> maybe we'll and like just- start taking donations at one point, but anyway. And I just want to add, and I feel like this is so relevant to a lot of us that are not only, you know, I've always struggled with my identity because 
layered on top of the fact that I am a third culture kid, that I am an international kid, mm. um, and I don't really fit in with the local country here. And another added layer to that was that I'm also an, of an immigrant background. Mm. So my family is originally from China, is that where I'm born and I'm born and raised here. My mom's not even from Jakarta. She was, so she was born in Pontianak, Kalimantan. And so for people who don't know where that is, that's like literally like Chinese ghetto. That's like where all the immigrant Chinese people are at. So that's where my mom's from. Um, and just, it's, it's so, it was always so difficult for me to answer questions like, you know, where are you from? Or like, what are you, you know? Yeah. It's like, I'm ethnically Chinese, but mm -hmm. also like I've never like lived in China. Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, I'm technically I'm from Indonesia, but I'm not ethnically Indonesian. Um, and it, it's always, and I've reflected a lot on the fact that my answer to the question, where are you from? It always changes depending on who I'm talking to. And like, you know, and you can kind of tell sometimes like what they're trying to ask, especially I've noticed this when I lived in America, um, mm -hmm. they asked me, where are you from? And I know what they are trying to get out of that question is Chinese or Japanese or Korean because they look at the face mm. is ethnically Chinese, but I'm actually from Indonesia. And yeah. then it, you know, and then it just, Go, go goes off from there it's like indonesia where where is that is it, you know is it like near <laughs> near india and i'm like no it's not <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not. Um, but yeah it was just always a struggle and then over you know it's just always hard like not knowing where and when to identify as being more chinese as being more indonesian even here living in indonesia as a you know as a chinese immigrant it's a different experience um for us too there's oh, still a lot of um, racism and hostility against the Chinese people here in Indonesia, and that's something wow. that not a lot. Wow, that's not a, a lot of people talk about, and that they don't address. There's some antagonism between what what you would consider like Chinese Indonesians, just like native Indonesians, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and and in 1998 uh, Chinese Chinese riots, but again, we are not talking about that. Here. <laughs> uh, not even like the kids who went to local schools, or you know, I don't think they were even taught that. So. Um, but yeah so kind of like what, what's your plan i guess going forward because this is kind of what i struggle with too like trying to identify like you know trying to stay in touch with like my indonesian culture but like being so much of american american at heart i feel i feel like i'm the unicorn of the family and it feels kind of weird like every time i would go back to visit family like everyone knows me and my sister as like the american kids which is like which is kind of like you know i appreciate it but at the same time i'm, I'm just like like sometimes I just want to be treated like a normal cousin, you know what I mean? Or a normal whatever. And like, not that I say that it's wrong, I guess. I'm not going to like, you know, be mad at anyone for like thinking of us that way. But like, I don't know, but, but it makes me feel like bad when I think to the future in terms of like marriage, right? First of all, I don't know who I'm going to get married to, obviously. But like, what are the, what's like, what's my marriage going to be like? Because marriage customs in Indonesia way different than like um, like the american customs and i don't know how to like bridge those two families together or like those two like kind of cultures together because it's kind of like ah. and like, the awkward thing is i wasn't raised with that culture in mind either all right, so all right like... freezy here's an easy answer <laughs> mm. what country do you want permanent citizenship with um, united states because this right, is, there yeah, you this... go man there's your I, answer. I, yeah, but, but I don't want to, like, leave my family because I want my family to be there, too. You know what I mean? Like, outside, it is my parents, obviously. But, like, for Inda, like, what's your kind of, like, plans for the future? Like, do you, do you plan on, like, coming back to L.A. or are you kind of, like, staying in Jakarta after? Because you just graduated from LMU, right? I just graduated. Um, Congrats, well, by right the way. We love a scholar. Yes, you go, girl. We see you. <laughs> we go ahead. Um, 
No, right now it's kind of weird because like, oh, with COVID and everything, I'm supposed to have my commencement. I haven't had that yet. Um, oh. it's so I am eventually going to come back um, to, you know, get commencement. And like, also like my shit is still in LA. And it's like, I have to like uh. bring back. Um, and just like a bunch of things to like, you know, settle. Um, but then after that, I'll be coming back here. My plan is to yeah live here, like work for the next two, three years, maybe. And like masters still up in the air. Like, I don't know. And yeah. even so, it's like, if I want to do masters. Like, am I going to go back to the States? Maybe I want to go to the UK and like, you know, experience mm. what there is like. Um, okay. And then I can talk about that again. I was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah. If you lost again. <laughs> And just feel having a whole identity crisis all over again. Because <laughs> then, cause then they're gonna think you're American, right? Because you have like you kind of have like a Valley Girl sort of vibe. Like, did you get? That, by the way, did you get that like from LA, or did you just already have that like kind of Becky? Vibe? Oh, oh my gosh, I hate it so much that like since I was so young, everyone has always been. They kind of like tease me, like, why do you sound like such a white girl? And I honestly, <laughs> I do not know. I think it is really mostly like the simple answer is exposure to Western media. Mm. But that's actually, you know, I reflect upon that while writing this book too. So for so many of us who don't come from an English speaking country, um, and you know, maybe like we go to an international school or like we pick up English, you know, however way, when you think about it, I've met a lot of people like that. And it's almost always the default English accent is an American accent. Wow, really? You know, that's, I like, well, hmm. there are people that kind of like, they have like, you know, they fall in between, like they have their own, like, they have like a hint of like, let's say if you're from Indonesia, I have a hint of an Indonesian accent or whatever. But mm. like, just in general, of like how people like choose to learn or have been taught to learn how to pronounce certain, pronounce certain things or to use certain vocabulary because Ameri American English and um, British English, like they have different vocabularies. So just like the way that they were taught to pronounce th something mm. or, you know, to say a certain, to say a certain word, it's almost always American, it's all American English. And I, you know, sometimes I wonder like, you know, why, why is that? Even though English, when you think mm -hmm. about it, it's from it's Brit British, right? Yeah. Like, that's like, that English. But I, I mean, of course, like it's layered on top of the fact that like America is basically like, it's always been like the superpower country of the world. Right. You know? Yeah. And I think yeah. it's in, oh, sorry. Can you say that again? I, it like cut out. So just, just like America being like one of the super, like, the superpower country of the world. I think like that's why a lot of people are always like, you know, I want to be an American. I want to sound like an American um, on all of that. But that's mm -hmm. never been like, that wasn't something that I was conscious of like growing up and that's why I sound like this. No, it was just, I think like by, <laughs> by it just, it just happened. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do get a lot of comments of like, you know, did you pick up an accent from like living in LA? It's like, no, it's always been like this. <laughs> no, but I think, and I also think um, just to add on to the whole like superpower thing, right? I think it's because um, Indonesians really tend to be like, tuned in to like mainstream media i guess like of the world i guess but when you think of mainstream media you kind of think of america because like yes. you know when you think of like music and like artists right it's always typically american artists and i feel like that's why they kind of like develop that sort of go ahead i don't i don't know i don't know how many people like have like noticed this but spotify when you go on spotify and you go like charts they mm. literally have a like a a chart just for like you like what is topping in the united states so like but what and I kind of wondered, like, I mean, I guess, yeah, because, like, most music, it, like, I guess mainstream music is from the United States, but it's, like, mm. that's what's stopping in, that's what's stopping in that country, right? Mm. And so, but I was, like, but hold on, I, like, looked it up, you know, majority of Spotify users are from, I think, India, and then also, like, Spotify is, a, I think, Swedish company, right? And so, but it's, like, mm. their app is actually very, like, like, I guess their content is very curated for, like, um, for Americans. I mm. kind of just... 
realize that. I don't know if anyone else has like thought about that. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm like being too overdramatic about it. But <laughs> no, don't I, invalidate yourself. I've, I've never fuck? noticed. <laughs> I've never noticed, but neither have I. I mean, I, well, I don't I get think, the charts, so. I think just from a media consumption perspective and how the United States is kind of like the media production capital of the world, mm. I I can see why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, there there are like you know reasons to it, but it's just kind of like. I don't know. It was just always it was just always interesting to me, um, especially yeah. after having lived in America, right? So yeah. Uh, Real quick in the chat, Cindy's back. Thank you for being so prominent in the chat. Uh, she says, "I think the idea of claiming your ethnicity is still new in Indonesia. Like in the U.S., you fill out forms if you're white, Asian, Hispanic, etc. But in Indo, when I say I'm Chinese Indonesian, locals are so confused, thinking I'm half Chinese, half Indonesian. But now I just mm-hmm. try to mention it more and being proud of saying that I'm Chindo because I, I identify as." Because I don't identify as just Indonesian or just Chinese. Yeah, hmm, that's interesting. what my career was growing up to. Mm. Um, yeah. And Angela says, I feel like upbringing in certain areas also affect our accents, quote unquote, and our friends as well. Hip hop music mm-hmm. too. Yeah. <laughs> not... Oh, yeah, yeah. For sure. A lot of my friends growing up, like we speak in English and it's mm. always American English. That's um, so interesting. Funny enough, though, mm. I went to a Singaporean school, right? And Singapore, mm. actually, the English is British English. And so like color, let's say like it's with the U. Right, but I've yeah. always just felt everything like the American way, and so like even I don't know why I did that. That's so weird. I guess like that that like American number one. Let's go, <laughs> American number yeah, number one in COVID cases. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> 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 no, I guess like that goes to show like I guess how big American influence is over there, huh? Yeah. Like, hmm, no, 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 something to be said about that. I never, I never realized that the like American accents were like, or I guess this influence in general was like that prominent. In Indonesia, mm-hmm. huh? Yeah. Interesting. Wow, we've actually gone over an hour and five minutes. But let's real quick talk about your book again for the uh, for the uh, newcoming listeners here. For those of you who don't know, um, the reason why we invited Inda, aside from being Indonesian, is that she's actually writing a book about all these topics about being a third culture kid and just kind of like the intersect intersectionality between all of those things. So, can you just like go over one more time, kind of like your inspiration for the book and also kind of like your goal of what you want to achieve with it? In terms of inspiration really it was just inspired by my life and just how and not to you know it's not coming from a vain you know place of like you know me being full of myself or whatever but it was always Mm. like I kind of lived like a life where like I could really write a book about it because it's so different it's it's just very different it's very unusual and it piques a lot of people's interest every time I talk about uh, my life but also um just growing up as an international kid yeah that's been that's been the inspiration and just like you know what comes with being an international kid you know having identity issues and just, <laughs> uh, you know not really um you know feeling like you are fluent enough in one language or another and just um yeah and i always um i say this to all of my friends and also like it's always maybe this is a little off tangent but it was like always my conversation starter every time i like went on a date <laughs> but oh I was my always, god but it was always, um, no it was always i tell them you know if all things go to shit in my life i could always just write a book about all the crazy things i've experienced in america and then mm. came the opportunity because um covid right and mm. i am still unemployed um but then Facts. i there, there was this, there's this professor and he's from Georgetown University. Basically what happened was he runs this program and it helps people create books. He like, mm. you know, um, um, connects you with editors, publishers and whatever, and like, you know, um, writing workshops and everything. And he's been reaching out to me since sophomore year. It's just that I wasn't able to do this like while I was in school because that's just too much workload for me. Um, right. And then 
after I graduated, he reached out to me again. He was like, hey, like, you know, just like, you know, it's like, it was kind of an annual thing. Like he like reached out to me, like seeing if I was interested. And literally like, I, I sat there and I was like, wait, this is, this is it. Like, yeah, that's your opportunity. <laughs> I've always wanted to write a book. I have always, always wanted to write a book. I have so many stories and just like, I'm a very opinionated person. If you can't tell already. Like, <laughs> no, oh, not so at all. Not at all. Things to say, so many things to share. I've always wanted to write a book, just never found the right time to do it. And like literally right now, this is the perfect, perfect time. Um, And so, yeah. And it's been so amazing. Just the response that I've gotten for so many, from so many people all over the world, not just like Chinese Indonesians from Indonesia who's lived in the States like me. No, I'm like all over the world. I, my Instagram was flooded with, you know, message requests, like everyone. Yeah. People who were like reaching out to me, like, Hey, can I, you know, be a participant in your book? Can you survey me and interview me and get my stories? But Mm. also people that were like, thank you so much for writing about this because, you know, I've, I've always, you know, this is always something at the back of my head. And like, I don't know how to, you know, never, I never thought about it enough where I can put it into words. And like, I struggle to translate my struggle, you know? Mm. And so, um, just the amount of response that I've been getting. It's so, it's overwhelming. It's very heartwarming. And like, that's the shit that like keeps me going at the same time. It makes me so overwhelmed and it makes me scared because <laughs> that's what, okay. if, what if I let everyone down, you know, what if I, you I know, to- I, what if I flop this? I so. totally feel you on that actually, because for the first, well, not, well, I shouldn't talk about myself, but I love how you're like, I'm overwhelmed with all the responses. <laughs> Shadi said I'm so popular. <laughs> But okay, no, I feel you. No, I know. No, I'm, I'm just fucking with you. It's all good. But no, I totally feel, like get how it feels because like you feel like you have a duty to kind of like not necessarily to carry this culture, or this country on your shoulders, kind of thing, but more so to kind of like have this dialogue and put it out there for people, right? I totally feel you because, on that. Because so much of the international slash multicultural, multinational experience, you know, it's so much of it is is cool it's funny it's awesome it's mm-hmm. like you know it piqued a lot of people's interest like wow this is how they do it over there yeah. but a lot of it is oh, it's horrible it's traumatic um and just like there are things that need to be said and like just i want to give a voice to all the people that you know have never been able to really speak up on this issue maybe yeah. because they, you know we're never in an environment where it was safe enough or like welcomed enough to be talking about this but or also like they just don't know how to talk about it yeah well, don't be yeah. afraid and don't put and don't put too much pressure on yourself either, because you, you should know that you have a whole community and a whole country behind you. Right. That's like what we're I feel like just people like say us three. Right. Like just like giving people like a voice of like whether you're Indonesian or American or Asian or whatever, like learning about these things. We're kind of like putting the voices out there. So, you know, I would say don't worry about it. Like, don't don't worry about like, you know, letting people down, because the fact that we're even putting effort towards giving like our people a voice is already like a huge step forward and we're all right behind you okay so along with that support for those of you in the audience i believe um inda is still looking for more people to try and interview for her book um Mm -hmm. along with like giving the people a voice she's literally um interviewing people to get more stories um about these sorts of conversations right so if you are interested i don't know if you had like a link for it or if they should just kind of like hit you up on instagram um hit me up on instagram give me a follow <laughs> shameless plug but the link is on my bio um freezing like maybe you could just like share this with everybody like once this is like you know all, all yeah. over but Get there is nice. a link up. it's you know it keeps rolling i'm still i'm always going to be um until further notice like until the point where i'm like okay maybe this is enough or like i'm about to be done i'm still going to be accepting participants um and it's literally been people from like all over the world it's not just indonesia it's like literally all types of you know mixed backgrounds from like you know countries and areas that like i've never even met people from there like it's amazing it's amazing and just we i 
think right now I'm already, it's so insane. Um, I have like 300 plus participants already. Um, and just, yeah, and it just keeps, it keeps building. And so um, if you guys, you know, want to share with me your, your stories and your experiences, like, so that I can, you know, feature that in, feature some of that in my book. Mm. Um, and also just like share this with your circle of international people that would really help me out so much. So, yeah. For sure. Yeah, I actually just plugged it in the chat and I'm going to pin it to it as well. That way people can find it easily. Because um, like after the show airs, um, th this like this episode will still be able to be watched. So if you are interested in being interviewed for Inda's book and you want to share your story out to the world and whatnot, please give uh, your voice out so that um, more people can like learn about these things. It's going to be in the comment section. It should be pinned right now. So if you don't see it, let me know. Um, Trisha says Becky Benchong. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> but yeah, before we wrap up, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I know it's like we're going over an hour now, but um, we've, wow, we've got 37 people still here. That's awesome. You guys are great. And thank you so much for um, sharing your stories in the comment section. So don't forget to click on the link and share your story with Becky. I mean, Inda as well. <laughs> but yeah, um, before, before. I got one last question. One last question. Indo me or Misa Dup? Oh my god, Indomie. Yo, listen, listen. I know this is a hot take. I know this is a hot take. But Misadop is so underrated. I love Indomie too. But listen, like Misadop is banging and we need more of that in the States. What? What? You have... I know you're trying to say something. What do you want? <laughs> literally it's indomie is literally our cultural identity it's like our I heritage know it's the one thing we have in like yeah, pop culture you know, we have, everyone's like, like some people like they're like oh indonesia oh indomie like, Yo, third <laughs> option third option pop me how do we feel about that one Oh, pop, pop me. me. Yeah, pop me is like, it? All right, pop, all pop right. me is what you see <laughs> in like a motel or like the airport and it's like always in a cup form. <laughs> yeah. Pop me is like when you're literally like piss broke. Yeah. Okay, okay. Pop me is like uh it's like Wendy's. No, not maybe not even Wendy's. It's like it's like I don't know, like Jack in the Box. It's it's like it's like there and it's like fine, but it's like not Indomie or Misa dub. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Pop me is Indomie. Misa Duff's me growing is underrated. Thank you. Thank you, Steven. <laughs> it's so, so underrated. <laughs> I always saw um, my, my uh, one of my maids, her name is uh, um, Batmona. Yeah. Whenever oh, we have like this joke in my family where uh, whenever I go home, we have like, there's something about the way that she cooks me goreng that's just so good and I can't emulate it, even though it's like from the same packet. So I call it, um, apa namanya? Mi goreng alam batmona. <laughs> so, so good. <laughs> Naomi says, pop me is all right. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. I don't know, man. What do you guys think? Indomir Misadab, let us know in the comment section down below. But with that being said, thank you so much for Indo coming on to the show. And thank you for the wonderful audience for giving us your stories and your opinions for all of these topics. Don't forget to like this page if you haven't already. We're nearing 2.3K likes. So, you know, support the show. Support your boy. You'll feel me. <laughs> Yo, can we get paid now? When do we get paid? Honestly, I don't know when we're going to get paid. When, when do we start running ads on this on this page? Well, to, to be able to, like, monetize shit, I think you ha we have to have, like, 10k followers or something uh, or no bots yeah. i'll buy you some bots for christmas <laughs> buy us some bots or we have to like have like a certain amount of like engagement and we're like getting there but we're like about 40 percent there so uh, you know we're getting we there sell out. But, we yeah, gotta sell out 
we can sell ah maybe you know what maybe we should start a patreon i've been thinking about it like or like have like some sort of like donation based kind of thing like we've been doing this for 10 episodes now and <laughs> and we haven't gotten paid oh, we shit. need we need more indonesian episodes Ooh, we should we that's that's our target market oh. We, you know, we could, we could make this a thing. I don't know. Yeah. Let's let's ask the audience. Like, should we have like more Indo episodes? Should we invite Indo on the on the show more often? Hmm. Should we invite Barack Obama on the episode? Bitch, we. We got. Bro, we get, if we, we can... yo, if we, that would be so sick if we can get Barack on the show. Imagine. I know. I think Michelle Obama is signing a podcast get too. Get sponsored by Good Luck. <laughs> Yo, I'm yo, dead. that would be so sick. Oh my god. I'm dead. That would be so I wish I wish Gojek was here. I mean I know we have Uber and Lyft, but Gojek is like Hey, oh yo, when are we doing a Indo Me mukbang? Ooh. We should yo, do like... I was pitching to Freezy the other day. Y'all should do like an Indonesian food mukbang or like when you guys come over to when you guys come back to Jakarta, have a mukbang in a warung. Oh yeah, that would be so sick. Actually, Let's do it. Let's actually, do it. on on the flip side of that coin, whenever you come back to LA to get your shit, we can drive down from SF to you, and then we'll have like a little, or actually not a little, a big mukbang full of like oh, yeah. different Indo foods. Because like there's, I'll, I'll there's bring, quite a few Indo restaurants. I'm bringing bachang. I'm br- I'm making it myself. I'll make it. the Indo meat. <laughs> the only good, I think the only Indonesian restaurant in LA is Simpang Asia. I don't know if you guys been there. Like mm. when you guys drive. Home. I don't it's called, you know, I said, there used to be a restaurant called Ramayani. It's in uh, Westwood near UCLA. Oh, but, no way. My friend lives there. I'm actually going to tomorrow. <laughs> but uh, it's like closed. Oh, it's, closed down. it's so sad because the bubur ketan hitam over there is like, oh my God. I like, I love bubur ketan hitam. It's like, oh, nut. There's this guy in subtle Indonesian traits that delivers Indo food, I think. But he's in the LA area, so I've never tried it. But I've always wanted to. Like he makes so like my my favorite plate actually is like nasi goreng. That's like a staple. Whenever I go to a new restaurant, I don't know what to order. I always get nasi goreng because I don't know why. Pakrupok juga, it just hits every time. It's kind of like going to McDonald's whenever you're hungry at like three in the morning. It just always hits. You know what I'm saying? Cucumber with like a salad sambal at the side. Oh my god! Oh, we should have talked about or should have talked more about food too, because like because like Indonesian McDonald's is the shit. I don't know if you guys have had it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's like it's it's so different here because over here it's like you have to have it with rice, and then in America it's like I get thrown off when like I order McDonald's and it's like where's the rice? Like in the bungkusan. I know, bro. Like pak like paket satu. It's it's like two chickens and rice. Like I don't even give a fuck about like the Big Mac or anything. I always just get fried chicken and rice from McDonald's. It's so weird. Oh, you know what? I, you know what else I miss? Hok hok bento, <laughs> bought me GM. Oh my god, dude, it's so good. I miss it so I fucking. GM is still popping in this country. Let me tell you that. Like every time I go to the nearest mall to me is Pin because I live in Panakinda, and mm. like every time I pass by bought me GM, it's like always mm. there's one. It's like she's still popping. Like after all these years, she's still popping. She still got it. Oh my god. Oh, dude, we need to do like a part two of this shit, man. There's like so I, I'm just not realizing there's so many things we didn't cover. Like, all right, well, well, part two next week. Ooh, we Talk could do that. Week? We could yeah. do that. Bring our bring our parents on here. Oh, not if you not 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 if you use Indonesian swear words. I'm not bringing my mom on here. Okay, so uh, Ari, uh, <laughs> no more yeah, of this fuckery. I, I, got right. I got you. Oh yeah. Oh English fuckery. Okay, we, oh, we yeah. do it. English, English is fine. Eng- I will I will say shit in front of my mom. I don't know about okay, you, okay. but I won't say like I'm Paul or I'm. My mom. <laughs> my mom. Me swear in English, but not in Indonesian. Also, not in mm. Chinese. 
in Chinese. So I'm not allowed to swear in Chinese. I'm not allowed to swear in Indonesian. But if it's That's... in English, I got so you. Interesting. I'll, pra- yeah. I'll practice my English. You know what? Indonesian swear words they hit so different. It's it's but it's so funny for some reason. It's so funny. It's, really funny. <laughs> it's, so funny. it's not so silly, but it's also so vile. It's like yeah. So like there's there's something with like the intonation of like Indonesian like swear words that just hits so much comedic or comically that I, I don't really know why. It just doesn't hit the same as when you call someone like ah you bitch. It just doesn't it just doesn't hit the same. And I don't want to say it right now <laughs> for the non Indos out here, but oh well oh su- suddenly all the Indos are popping off in the chat. Uh Shareza says, bruh, spicy McChicken's the goat. True, but it doesn't hit the same as like like I am some nasi, yeah. <laughs> Trisha says lima ratus, lima kosong, lima hokbong delivery. <laughs> Steven says you should, you could get this guy called Arky Wisnu. He's a Queens, New York, born and raised. Now he's playing pro b-ball in Indonesia. Huh? Oh. No way, dude. Do, if you know him personally, please DM me and like give me that contact because that would be awesome. Trisha says Indomie taste test. You know what we should do? We should do a blind test. Indomie versus Misadab. Oh wow! We'll hey, but someone's someone's got to cook baby. it good though. Someone's got to cook it good. That's yeah, that's true. Okay, so if so, none of us three can cook it. Wait, I have a question. I have a question. Uh, when you make Indomie, do you eat it wet or no? Wet, as in like like like, like with like the with like with water, like with no, broth? Or no, no, we don't eat it like. I, that. There's there's me goreng and then there's me kuah. Like which okay, one? I think there's something wrong with my yeah, family because who who eats because, that one? Listen, listen. My parents have been. Like making that for me with water, like soup, since I was a little boy. Yang goreng. Yes. Like what? even even then. Even then. No. That's wrong. No. You have to strain out the water. Goreng literally means fries. Yeah, right. I know, but <laughs> <laughs> my this one time in back in college, I um my friend, she I I, I brought her Indomie to her dorm mm. and it's mi goreng, right? And she cooked it with like, like it's, you know, with the soup, with the broth and everything. And it literally, it just, when you try to do mi goreng as like with like as mi kuah, but it's not mi kuah, it like, it disgusting. Or maybe it's Ari so just likes it that way now. He's a conditioned uh, to like- Yeah, I'm conditioned <laughs> to that. <laughs> no, wait, so, but have you eaten it like with the water strained though? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. So you're not like lost, gotcha. <laughs> sorry i didn't mean to shit on you i'm so sorry that was kind of like <laughs> shitty for me no but we should do a mukbang though like with we should just like collab with the guy in la that like delivers the food that way we can like um what's it called like promote like his business while also like eating food for content mm. malia says sample all the other indomigo rang flavor true the, there's actually a rendang flavor did you guys know that yes i did not know that. dude it's so fucking good. Oh my god, you're y'all making me so hungry, dog. Oh my goodness, I'm about to eat dinner after this. I'm gonna be real fat after this. But anyway, um, is there anything else that you wanted to plug or like kind of cover before we kind of wrap up? In the um, no, I think just yeah. For those of you that are still listening to this, again, just if you like, if you belong to an international circle or, or like you know you have international friends that you know would be interested in sharing stories and experiences for the, the purposes of this book, uh please share or like maybe you're interested, please fill out the survey. Um, you can either do it as a survey, like you can type your answers in if you're more comfortable with, you know, having it written down. Some people, they like to talk more. Mm. Um, they're better with 
than they are with writing. And so then that's when you can schedule an interview with me and it'll just, you know, it'll be like this, a super casual, think of it as like a ranting session with like your best friend, you know, just like unleash yeah. all of the, <laughs> unleash all the anger and the oppression. Yeah. <laughs> I, Cause I've actually done one with India already and it kind of felt like I would, it was like a, almost a therapy, not a therapy session, but it was like venting about like my experience. So it was really nice to have it actually. So thank you so much for writing this book in the first place. And so for those of you who are new to the show, we go live every single Friday night, usually at 6, uh, 6.37 p.m. Pacific time and about 9.30 Eastern. But depending on like our work schedules and our guest schedules and whatnot, we might kind of like switch that around. But please like this, the page if you haven't already and follow us and stay tuned. If you want the audio version of this whole podcast, it's on your favorite streaming platform. You got Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or yeah, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, whatever. Hit us up. And as always... Wash your hands, wear a goddamn mask, please, and we'll see you all next week. Have a good night. Peace.